let's let it get cooking first. You left me here on your way to paradise. I go back and forth on Yacht Rock. You pulled the rug right out from under my life. However, my eyes are burning out of my skull. I know where you go to. I knew when you came home last night. And I can't. I can't breathe. the smoke from a distant fire, except this fire happens to be burning in Canada right now. A couple of weeks ago, we got the worst of it, and you couldn't see across the lake that I was doing a live a live event at for my radio job. And as of this morning, it's back apparently again. I don't know about the prevailing weather conditions, but the Canadian wildfire smoke is apparently back in full effect right here in the lovely Twin Cities. And so all I could think of was that song all morning, Smoke from a Distant Fire. Now, it's already been up. Otherwise, I'd offer you 20 bucks if you could tell me who did this song. Oh, there's there's no way I could have I could have actually named the band. But it's, a friend of mine just said this about Yacht Rock. He goes, There are twenty six songs. What? In Yacht Rock. There are more. No. Almost he, every song in Holland. If, if he were to well, maybe there's twenty six artists then, but he, he literally listed them all. And I was like, Holy shit. Well, it's probably it's, like, a, it's probably Brandy, a, you're a fine girl. Oh, Looking uh, Glass, baby. Pina Colada song. Rupert Holmes. Yep. You got well, you got some Doobie Brothers, Michael McDonald stuff going on. Some Michael yeah, McDonald? Yeah, like a, most of it. Exactly. Then you've got uh, Stephen Bishop on and on. Oh, yeah. And you've literally, like, there, there's this... But then what about Gary Wright? Like, is Dreamweaver proper yacht rock? I don't think rock? so, but I love that song. What about My Love is Alive by Gary Wright? That one, I think, would be more yacht rock. Yeah. Okay, wait, yeah. again, and so again, like most definitions and genres in rock, it's a little loosey-goosey. And most of the time when people say one-hit wonder, I'm like, you haven't fucking listened to that band, man. You don't know. Even though they only had one hit, they might be amazing. Turns out, when it comes to the Sanford Townsend band, who kicked off episode 235. Oh, shit, yeah? Right out of... Where are they out of? The guy on the right looks like he's mad about his part that the hairstylist gave him. Well, and the guy on the left is wearing one of those hats and that yeah. mustache. I'm, I'm he's cool. He's driving right? a cab but, when he's not, you know, singing the jams. But it was 1970, whatever it was, yep. and um, Alabama is where they're from. But you want to talk about the true definition of a one-hit wonder? Anyway, my breathing today has been constricted. My eyes are burning from smokes from a distant fire. It felt like a good place to start things here in the Smart Start MN Studio. Good morning. Morning, afternoon, evening, I guess you could be listening anytime. You could be listening a thousand years from now. Ooh. Alien archaeologists could come back and find the internet and be like, what sort of strange thing is this Brian Oak show? And then they'd start listening to it and they'd be like, hmm, he seems very self-involved, but he does seem to have an interesting array of guests. Anyway, whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in to the Brian Oak show, episode 235. It's in the Smart Start MN studios located in very scenic and very smoky 48th and Chicago neighborhood of South Minneapolis. I am Brian Oak, that is Sean Bernard, and Smart Start MN are the primary sponsors of this show have been since before we even did our first episode which was really a lot of episodes ago sean did you guess we would go this long did you think that would just it would it last in perpetuity what did you think 
You know, you put two Irishmen together and anything can happen. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> Back then, I was still a heavy drinker and you'd already quit. I can't believe you had that kind of faith in me. Smart Start MN, speaking of heavy drinking, is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. When you drink and drive, you have decided to be an idiot. But it happens to so many people all the time. And I don't think everyone doing it is a villain, but it does happen. But it's not the right thing to do. You get popped, you're going to lose your license. You need to get back in your car. Smart Start MN will get you back in there sooner than you otherwise might expect. It happens all the time. This crazy love. <laughs> now, is that of mine. a Yacht Rock song? Re- oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, I agree. Okay, okay, here's the thing. Even if it's not technically ro- Yacht Rock, if it came <laughs> on while you were on a yacht amidst all the other stuff, you wouldn't be fucking mad about it at all. I would it's just a be good applying song. cocoa butter to my wife's back to that song right there. I was already applying cocoa butter to your wife's back. That's the way Yacht Rock works, How my good dare man. You. How do smart, people get smart, a- <laughs> smart start mn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. To get twenty percent off the installation of the ignition interlock, they're they're just going to cancel the whole advertising. Thing. I no, thought we, this was part. It. I thought this was well, fine, whatever. It was yeah. a good run. It wasn't a bad run. I thought that was part of the whole appeal of yacht rock. Is like not necessarily a swinger's lifestyle, but hey, we're just all taking it easy. Everything's hey, cool. Hey, man. hey, hey, chill, whoa, man. Whoa, just cool because out. I undid her top and applied a little cocoa butter. We're just. You know, friends trying to Because you disappear for about another 20 minutes. I also want to thank, oh my God, we are going to lose all of our sponsors right now. Moxie Wealth Management. Moxie Wealth Management, there are a lot of people who think, I don't have the kind of money that requires wealth management. Well, at some point, you got to start thinking about it. And they can help you think about it in ways that maybe you haven't thought about it before from a property perspective, an insurance perspective, an investment perspective. They've got an entire team of very capable people who not only work together, but work with you on the regular. They don't just check in get it set and let it roll and you don't hear from them for 10 years. Moxie Wealth Management gets involved in your process. Maybe you're not going to retire in the Bahamas, but you do need to retire at some point and you do need to make sure that you have some vague sense of financial security before you settle in. And that's where Moxie Wealth Management comes in. That's right. I just sent Joe a lead this morning. Uh, Friends of mine, real estate clients of mine just moved here from Michigan and I sent them to go talk to Joe Burgess. Do that yourself. Set up an appointment at moxiewealthmanagement.com. They've got a great team of people, whether you're looking for not just financial planning, but tax advice. And they've got a full team of people that can sit down with you and look at you and say, what are you thinking what when it comes to done? retirement? Honest what have to you God. And you haven't been they'll, saving, they'll, have they'll you? hit you once or twice with a bamboo switch, and yeah. then they'll get down to work and start helping you on your future. After the tears comes the financial planning. <laughs> Moxie Wealth Management, that sponsor's gone, too. Today is so weird. So weird, it's but heat, kind of wonderful. It's the smoke. Let's smoke from a distant fire. Exactly. Um, Before we get into this next song, because I always get to pick this song and then we're going to get in with our guests, uh, uh, one of which has been in here before, and I think she's brilliant. I think she has more charisma than just about anybody else who sat in the chair that she is sitting in right now. That being said, I think you and I, Sean, can both agree that jazz sucks, right? Um... Only because we were talking about it before. Yeah. I don't think jazz sucks. That kind of a lazy attitude towards hip-hop, yeah. country, classic rock, I, klezmer, pick it, man. When people say, this thing sucks, it's like, all that tells me is you're lazy as fuck. And you, you haven't, you haven't done any exploring. And you have not put in the time, man. That's the, one of the few benefits of getting as old as I am. You start to put in the time, you realize nothing sucks. You do enough homework. 
Like even like I mean like I love good mellow vocal jazz. Mm-hmm. The hard scronk is not really my thing, you know. Like p- occasionally at my, the record store job, I have hard people scrunk. put on. Well, I call it hard scronk. Like there's no enjoyment there for me. But proper vocal jazz, like I'm a Boswell Sisters guy. Like I love so much vocal jazz. And luckily we have one of the preeminent jazz vocalists in town, Leslie Vincent and her bandmate joining us just ahead. But first, how long have we been doing the show? Three and a half years? That seems about right. A little over. And um, I have played maybe five, maybe six Queens of the Stone Age songs <gasps> in the entire time. We get to hear another one. Well, here's the deal. They finally, a week ago, put out their first record in six years. Is it my favorite? No. However, I have yet to spend enough time with it. It's only been around me for a week, and we're going to give it a shot here. When we come back, Leslie Vincent. Here's Paper Machete, Queens of the Stone Age on The Brian Oak Show.
Are we on after this? Right now we are. That's why I was telling you to so we're on right shut now. your yapper. Yeah, okay. When I say like 20 seconds that. or 5 know, seconds. Do you know how you would do in radio? Poorly. Great. No, I'm well, built for I, it. I, you know, no, I'm well, perfect. You, you, and actually, you know what? You'd be great on air. Your sense of timing would need just a little, <laughs> little bit of tweaking, bit of however. Leslie Vincent is our guest on this particular episode of The Brian Oak Show. Hello again, Leslie. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm good. Good to see you. Matt. Matt's here. Matt McIntyre. Matt McIntyre. Tell me about Matt Mac- Give me the elevator speech on Matt McIntyre, but we're only going three floors. You tell me about Matt McIntyre. Matt McIntyre is an excellent bassist an incredible arranger and an awesome friend wow oh, that is holy cowboy how does it how does it feel to be held in such high regard matt by someone as sort of spiritually and sorcerously powerful as leslie vision uh, i do definitely feel privileged by that but that was definitely a two truths and a lie right there <laughs> oh dear also listen to that voice which one is that? it do you think? Voice. get that fucker out of here because you are not taking my job bro this is the brian oak show all right this is the brian oak show not the matt mcintyre show although that could possibly kind of nice change. ring to it yeah why, it should why be a show. you settle down okay have you ever thought why about going into business down? with an irishman oh <laughs> don't just be be warned <laughs> leslie um last time we saw you you were recently betrothed and I don't ever like to go TMZ. I just like to check in on how people are. How's married life treating you? It's good. We're dealing with some car drama today. Oh, dear. So uh, that's always a good test in a marriage. Yeah. Yes. And, oh, uh, there are always tests in a marriage. <laughs> and we're going on vacation with my side of the family this week. So oh, dear. We'll, another test. Back to back test. This is Does big. Your, does your family like your spouse? My family loves my spouse more than me, actually. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. then you're screwed. I know. Like, if it goes sour, you're like, <laughs> oh, well, I guess this is what we do now. I'm glad to hear things are going well for you. Uh, since we've seen you last, so I looked, you were on this 53 episodes, 52 episodes ago, which is more or less last fall, maybe early last winter. <sighs> How did the end of last year and the early part of this year treat you? Are you good? Are you feeling creative? Are you moving it, making it happen? I'm moving, making it happen. Recorded a whole album in that time. So I feel creatively depleted, but also <laughs> excited. Well, but that's the whole bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's almost like, and again, I don't. I am by no means am I trying to treat a serious condition lightly. But when I hear artists speak like that, it makes me think of Tourette's syndrome because the way Tourette's manifests is you feel this bubbling up and you can't stop it. You can't stop it, and then all the stuff comes out. But in your case, it happens to be jazz greats. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to talk about that record in just a minute here. I want to ask you a couple of more esoteric questions before we get into anything too personal. So we just heard Queens of the Stone Age, right? Mm -hmm. And you are by trade a jazz vocalist and you love jazz. It is your it's your bread and butter. Do you like other styles? Like you I mean, you told me when someone said, I don't really like jazz. Like, are you? Are you poking the bear right now? Is that what you're trying to do? Do you like other styles of music? Oh, I love other styles of music. Do you like hard rock, like, say, Queens of the Stone Age? Eh. Okay, that's fine. That's 100% cool, because I fucking hate vocal jazz. But Um, (laughs) I was thinking I haven't spent enough time with it. Exactly. I really have slept on a lot of the big bands, because I've been paying attention to other things. So I should give them some time. Queens aren't that big, no. Um, But I I guess my, my whole point is, and I think you hit the nail on the head right there, the people who say, I hate jazz, 
I hate country. I hate hip hop. To me, that is one of the laziest takes on planet Earth, right? Like if you, and again, it doesn't mean it has to be homework. It doesn't mean you have to become a, a student of the genre. But just listen a little bit more. You're going to find some songs in there mm-hmm. that really speak to you. And I think that's what I was trying to say before when I referred to your charisma is I don't go deep on jazz. But growing up in choir and growing up as a vocalist myself, again, it was a select choral ensemble called Vision which mm. maybe was not quite as esoteric as the jazz vocalism. You'd, oh, no, it was all pretty. Mock turtlenecks? Uh, no. Oh, we'll get into that another time because I don't want to take any. I need a picture. Me too. Um, I need a vision. Uh, super, super quick. <laughs> just after that. Super quick. Picture. No, no, no. Well just before, before that. Well no, before just, that. Just well before, before that. that. <laughs> uh, we wore tuxedo shirts, suspenders, no jacket, uh, tuxedo pants that looked very odd on all of us young high school kids, and a fuchsia like a shiny fuchsia cummerbund and bow tie. Nice. And that was it. And there were four guys, four gals. Where you like, there was a a few minor choreograph moves where you'd like, you know, put your hands on their shoulders and move Mm -hmm. to the left and move to the right. And it was, but it was deeply enjoyable. I guess the point I was trying to make before we got (laughs) derailed by Vision Crew Rapids, (laughs) class of 86. Um, uh, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) When I, when I speak to, I mean, like the power of vocal music, when you watch someone who knows how to sing and then it gets even better than that. Like, you know, like when you watch someone who has touch, and then compare that with charisma, and then has those big piercing eyes like you have, there's a certain thing that I it it speaks to our other point where like people who are like, I don't like that stuff. I bet if someone came and saw you, they would love it. They would love it. I want to talk about where they can see you. I want Mm -hmm. to talk about this new record. But first, because I've been yabbering so much, we have to hear a song. Now, I have to know about this song. Again, you don't have to reveal everything, but it's called Psychedelics With You. And I think to me that speaks to the (laughs) level of trust and appreciation you have for someone else. Because Psychedelics With You, you got to be in a safe space if you're going to do psychedelics. What is this song actually about? Um, Okay, well, I'll tell you. That is not about what everyone thinks it's about. So, well, I mean, um, you, you, but you'd have to forgive them for getting it wrong because it absolutely. is called psychedelics. And you know, you. sometimes you make something and then later you're like, I see why everyone thinks the opposite. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Leslie Vincent loves DMT is what I, is the <laughs> message I get from this song. Um, yeah, so it's kind of a hybrid. Uh, I have a, a best friend who's featured in the album artwork. Uh, he he loves drugs. He lives in San Francisco. He fought really hard for me to do psychedelics with him, and um, and I just I couldn't I just couldn't do it. I did Molly once, and I based a lot of the song on uh, that experience, which I would never recommend, and I would never do again. What I always say is, kids, stay in school, don't do drugs. Yeah. That being said, I went through kind of a <laughs> wild patch there myself. Ah. Uh- yeah, drugs are not for me. Right. Um, but he really wanted to do psychedelics and like find our path together, and I just couldn't. And now I feel like that time has passed, and um, I just felt I didn't even really intend to write the song. It just kind of came out. Like I just sort of vomited it out one day, and um, just kind of missing that time of life where everything feels open and anything's possible.
place we once shared How can our paths lead so far apart I don't know when right now I don't Leslie Vincent right there. Psychedelics with you. That was really, really good. It was super love good, it. and it was super Absolutely fun. Absolutely love it. And here's the deal. There are certain kinds of music I like that um, I'm like, I'm not really like, I would never buy a live music record. I really don't like recordings of live music. I love to go see live music, yeah. but that's not really my jam. But I feel like something that raucous and that good and that engaging would be pretty fucking spectacular live. Have you had a chance to play any of this new music live so far? I've played a little bit of it live, but not in the full extent of it. I've been keeping it pretty close to my chest just because I wanted to and I feel very protective of it, Um, especially with the stuff that I wrote. It's just my first time putting out my own stuff that I've written by myself. And yeah, feeling a little protective. Well, I mean, so really, for as long as you've been doing this, this is the first time you've written all your own stuff and did it yourself. Yeah, I mean, I've written with Emily. The Champagne Drops mm-hmm. album is yeah. uh, mostly original, but this I just didn't it's write you. with her. It's just me. So um, Emily's probably yeah. crying somewhere right now. I feel bad for Oh, Emily. no. Emily's off having a beautiful, incredible life. Lucky. Where do I, where do I get one of those? <laughs> Leslie Vincent has a new album on the way next month called About Last Night, which has been long percolating, and she's very protective and proud of. And we're going to find out more about the release of that and upcoming performances, but... First, turnabout is fair play. Mr. McIntyre, I asked Leslie to give me the 20-second elevator speech on you. Please do the same right now. Oh, no. Go in. On Leslie. All right. Uh, We are both kind of in both the theater community and the jazz community in the city. So we've had a long, longer relationship than most uh, artists she's worked with, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm the only one who appears on both albums other than Leslie herself. Go on. Uh, yeah, I was just the bass player for a while, and then I started being 
moral opposite of support, whatever it was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think being, but don't you need people in your circle that are somewhat critical, Leslie? Don't you think that's important? I wouldn't say you were critical. I would say that well, you, you said the opposite of support. Yeah. What do you mean by that? No, it, it's always. Oh, here it, comes. It's always from a place of. It's always from a place of kindness, but we're definitely th- this this current crew is someone who can really bounce ideas off of each yeah. other and yeah. say, "Hey, that's a terrible idea. Let's <laughs> let's maybe oh my let's gosh. maybe absolutely. take that out absolutely." But I mean, I, when, but when I said by critical, it's not like that was shit, Leslie. I mean, like, <laughs> but like you have yeah. to have people around you that can offer different perspective. You have to have people around you that can cause you to challenge a thing you assumed was the truth and to maybe think about the other aspects of it. Mm-hmm. This is this is a very, very, in my opinion, no matter whether we're making music or filling out TPS reports, this is a healthy attitude to have when it comes to yes. interacting with other humans in life. And I'll say, too, um, really the impetus for this album came from Matt. So we, uh, years ago. That's a lot, two a lot years, of pressure. It's better I be know, a fucking well, good record, Matt. No. A couple of years ago, we were just kind of dicking around, I think. Can I say dicking around on this? You can. You can say this Have many times Have you not heard me drop the F-bomb oh, yeah, right, like 18 right. times? There's nothing you can't <laughs> say here. You're fine. And Matt came in with, uh, he said he texted me and said, Have you heard Stars from Alabama? Stars Fell in Alabama. Uh, wouldn't it be cool to do this with Star Sounds? So Stars Fell in Alabama is an old uh, jazz tune. Um, and, and you were like, oh, it's no one ever does this with Star Sounds. And so that was the first time the band really got into like creating together and we made it really spacey. And I just have such a vivid memory. It was like Ted who plays piano was like playing the strings of the piano and Ben, the drummer, took his keys out. You mean like standing up over the piano Mm -hmm. and playing the strings? Playing the strings. Wild. And you were doing crazy star sounds and the drummer took his keys and was like playing with his keys on the drum and just we created this really spacey thing thing and like his car keys yes yeah, car keys okay just like okay look far be it for me to judge a jazz musician because i know just it gets us, weird. like in the rehearsal room making but something if it, but if it works it works right and then we started kind of performing that and playing with that and then that moved into matt arranging some tunes and then it that kind of inspired like the whole album which is called about last night and so the whole thing has this underlying theme of nighttime and stars and space and kind of the magical realism of of nighttime. Um, well, so thanks, honest. Matt. <laughs> well, I mean, well, we've all been out at night before, right? And it's a different <laughs> no. world. Yes, you have, Leslie. <laughs> I know you have. Yeah. How did you two meet? Do you know the answer to that? Neither of them remember, Sean. I'm going to bet you. Genius. Genius. I bet you $10, but I could be wrong. Okay. That George Maurer probably said, you should use Matt McIntyre. Which is amazing because I did not know George before you. But it is possible that my name was just thrown in there. I think that's right. Because everyone from that first album was just recommended by George, I'm pretty sure. And Matt, you mentioned theater. Did you do some acting? or? Uh, I, I play in pits around the city quite often. Great. Like every theater you play in, they're pits. I try every to. Every single one. <laughs> so let me ask you a question then, Matt. And stay right up on the mic and project a little bit more, please. Because yeah. I think that you have interesting things to add. There's a different things between getting up on a cool stage with a groovy jazz combo and incredible vocalist to playing in the pit for a theater. Give me the, the, the shortest version of that you can, but it doesn't have to be super short. But I mean, do you have to pay attention to the rhythm of what's happening on stage? Do you just follow the score? Is there a conductor? What's it like playing in a pit orchestra or even a smaller pit band for theater? How is that different than being on stage? 
Oh, it's it's a huge difference from jazz because you are just playing exactly what the composer's vision is. Um, in most of the most of the professional theaters in town have little monitors on top of stands, so we don't even have to look at the conductor. He's right in our eyesight. So you, I mean, so you are being absolutely committed to the music and the score that's in front of you as opposed to like sort of having peripheral vision up on what's happening on stage you're allowed to just do what's going on right in front of you and then they kind of have to keep pace right the conductor is the only one really in in most of the theaters i work with the conductor is the only one keeping the pace between what's going on on stage we are just following him blindly into the dark and do you enjoy that i love it yeah absolutely love it and then it's a huge (laughs) difference going on to a jazz stage where we're responsible for the creation we're responsible for feeling out what's going on in the audience how we are going to approach the next section like are we going to make this quiet are we going to make this loud those decisions are made for us already in the theater world in a jazz world we're reading the room we're reading leslie we're reading each other yeah reading each other Gotcha. Lots of trust. Le- Lots of trust. Leslie's t- super tough to work with, isn't she? Just the worst. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> you're not the first one to tell me that. Um, I'm joking, of course, Leslie. <laughs> I you know. know I think you're lovely. I've shared a stage with you before. I've done theater with... Now, again, me calling it doing theater is yeah. being hmm. very generous to myself. <laughs> but being a, a blood-soaked, machine-gun-toting Santa Claus, I'll tell you what, I haven't enjoyed myself that much since I played Merlin in high school in Camelot. <laughs> Before we talk more about your new record and your upcoming shows, I do want to check in with Sean real quick. Sean, in addition to being my friend, my ally, my producer on this show, is also a realtor for Remax Results, and you are in the teeth of it right now, yeah? Yeah, it's like the snow melted and people decided, hey, we should move. And so it's been kind of a Get zoo lately. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, it's been kind of crazy lately, but I'm thankful for it because, uh, you know, real real estate can be very seasonal in the land of the frozen tundra. Um, so it's been a little crazy, a little busy, but I love it. And I love helping people find homes. In some cases they're downsizing in some cases they're moving away. Some cases they're moving here. I still do uh, what I started during the pandemic and I'm going to continue to do it. As long as I'm doing real estate, I donate a portion of every buy and sell to an area musician or band of the buyer or seller's choice. Now, if occasionally I run into situations where they don't know of a band, that they want to donate to. Well, trust me, I have a long list yeah. of artists and bands who are like, hey, we'll take some of that. I get emails too where they're like, hey, just so you know, just in case. I'm out here. Yeah, I'm, I'm out ready. here. Just I, in case. Oh, I was going to ask you, yeah. do podcast hosts qualify as local artists? I'd say no. I think that's a hard no. F the hell off. <laughs> I mean, I know it would be a conflict of interest, but fuck you. All right. 612. You're going to lose this sponsor. 612-859-2594. That number is also textable. Give, like the, Theo, give, give, the, give the number one more time. 612, not huxtable, textable. 612-859-2594. Jamming on the one. Jamming on the one. I love how that reference is so obscure. Why do people know Everybody it? knows it. I've never used it's it once. It's so cheesy, like, too. Yes, Stevie Wonder and Theo Huxtable. I yeah. mean, obviously, that's where that comes from. <laughs> Leslie, you've got this incredible new album that is thematic, but I want to dig in a little deeper about the story and all that kind of stuff. But before we do that, uh, and before we get towards the end hunk of the show, I always ask everybody who's on, and people are always like, oh, I don't know, what am I going to play? What am I going to play? I play my own stuff. I play? And I always tell people, don't overthink it. There's nothing at stake. It's a fucking podcast. It doesn't matter. 
doesn't matter. But you picked somebody that I've never heard of before in my life, which always makes me excited. I'm a big always learning guy. I like to learn about artists, bands, things I didn't know about before. Unlike many people of my advanced age and considerable physical and psychological and sexual decline uh, i um i wow. actually was oversharing I, that was very oversharing <laughs> yeah, i i'm sorry whose podcast is it okay i forgot yeah we're gonna change this into the never mind we're gonna leave that alone right there uh, my point is that a lot of people at some point stop they stop getting interested they stop mm-hmm. paying attention they stop wanting to learn and wanting to grow now i will always have my favorites but that doesn't ever mean i don't want to hear about something i haven't heard about before please tell me who you like that sexual decline, didn't you? Well, no, I just all I was thinking is when you. This is the improv side of it that Leslie mm-hmm. will will know. Yeah, but when you said we we're going to change the name of it, all I could think of was yeah, the Ben Carrot podcast. Yeah, see, here's the problem: it wasn't going to be about that because the carrot's fine. It was going to be called. <laughs> sorry, that's what that's what was happening in my head. It, it was going to be called. I'm so sorry, oh, Leslie looks so I, appalled. Oh, I was going to go way worse than oh, that. Okay, so I'm okay, glad I okay. kept my mouth shut. Yeah. Anyway, my point was always growing, always <laughs> learning, and that's one of the reasons I want people to bring in music. I don't care if they want to play three songs by Alabama, right? Or if they want to play the most obscure stuff I've never heard of. I like all of it. That's the whole point of being alive. I don't know who Sammy Ray and the Friends are, and have literally before today never heard of Sammy Ray and the Friends. Help me out. Sammy Ray and the Friends are cool, and I like this song. I've been wearing my hoops. I've been wearing my big old silver hoops. I've been walking around the house and I'm I've been chilling on my couch and I'm, I'm accenting with socks. I'm accenting with brightly colored socks. I've been putting a show on for me, babe. I'm the only one who knows that. It's whatever we feel, it's whatever we want to do, it's whatever we feel, whatever we want to do, it's whatever we feel, it's whatever we want to do, it's whatever we feel, whatever we want to do, it's the thing I want to do, it's the thing I want to do, I'm doing it, Ah, it's just the thing I want to do, it's the thing I want to hit the band, I've been closing up, shut I've been winning when they say that I would not die. I've been standing up to all of them, babe. I've been answering the call for them. I quit playing them games. You can address me by all three of my names. Cause I'm getting official about it, babe. I've been all kinds of diligent. Now it's just what I feel. It's whatever I want to do. It's whatever I feel, but I'm going to do whatever I want to do. It's whatever I feel. It's whatever I want to do. Tell you 
That's fantastic. Where do you find out about Sammy Ray? I just found it on Spotify. Which is fine. That's why I ask. Like, you never know. Like, sometimes you're like, oh, no, a friend of a friend. Or, oh, mm-hmm. we happen to grow up together. Or, I just found him on Spotify. We live in a very interesting time, right? Like, where I like mm-hmm. artists to get paid for the work that they do, which is why I encourage people to go out and see other people live, buy their merchandise, buy their records, whatever the case may be. But one of the reasons Spotify is cool is you will find people that you have not found before. And I think that's pretty valuable. Let's go ahead and talk about someone we have found before. That would be one Leslie Vincent with a brand new album coming out in less than a month now. Are you excited? Oh, I'm pumped. Yeah? About last night. I mean, this is how how much work? I mean, are we talking about like a year more's worth of work going into this thing? Oh, yeah. Probably about two years worth of work just from like ideation to completion. That's a lot of heavy lifting and a lot of perfecting. And then you also, Mm -hmm. one of the hardest decisions that I think from an outsider's perspective that musicians have to make is to know when you're done. Yep. Like, I mean, like yep. you, at some point you, you have to just set it down yep. and be like, we're there, even though you want to fuck with it all yep. kinds more. And you're like, but what if we did that? What if we did? And at some point you have to step back and birth your creation, mm-hmm. right? There was a day where I cried on the phone to three separate people. Wow. I cried to my studio engineer. I cried to my, the, the man who mastered the album and I cried to my friend uh, who helped, he helped write, uh, psychedelics with you, with me. Why were you crying? Um, for that reason, I was like, well, now that I'm listening to it again, like, I wonder if I should do this or should I go back? And once you kind of started mastering, you really, it's really, really hard to go back. And mm-hmm. so, um, my friend Mike gave me some good advice. He was like, think about what you can justify. You know, you, you made some of those choices for a reason. And yeah. what, what do you want to stick with and what can you let go? And if you really, really can't let go of it or you can't justify it, then it's worth reinvestigating. But, I mean, you could do those songs a million different ways. You could, you know, there's just, there's endless possibilities, which is why I think I'll always be drawn more to live performance than recording. Just because I love that every time we do it, it's different and breathable and... Uh, recording just feels so permanent, and I struggle with that. You know, Sean brought it up earlier. You have an improv background as well uh, as a musician's background. In what ways, and is it, again, is that almost sometimes you feel a little too free? In what ways does having an improv stage background influence the way that you approach a jazz performance? I mean, it it, it influences the whole thing. Uh, is it the same thing? Um, Is it the same thing? You know what it feels? It's it's like a different language. So it's kind of like doing it in a in a different language. Yeah. Um, because I'm listening in a different way and I'm communicating in a different way. And I don't really, besides the lyrics I'm singing, I don't have any words. Um, so I'm feeling I'm feeling the language of the music and and creating. And I'm trying to pull in like, what do I feel in the moment? What tempo have I set? How's the audience? You know, where am I? What are we? What's kind of the vibe? And then looking at my bandmates, like, what are they feeling? Who's who's feeling particularly inspired to take a solo? Um, and then just kind of building from there. So while I'm singing, I'm also thinking of these 10 other things. Um, and it's exhilarating. It's like the time I feel my my most myself. Is it exhilarating and terrifying? No. Just, just exhilarating. exhilarating. Really? Yeah. It used to be terrifying. Um, but the more I do it, the less... The more I understand the constraints of where I am, so yeah. I, I know I'm not going to go so far off the rails that something bad's going to happen, and I trust my bandmates yes. enough that if we get stuck, um, 
between the four or five of us, we'll get out of it. You if, know? So, if you fall out of the canoe, someone's going to pull you right mm-hmm. back in. That's mm-hmm. a good feeling. So let me ask you this then, Mr. McIntyre. As one of her intimate bandmates and someone who's inspired this very record we're talking about, has she ever like thrown you a solo or looked over at you like, it's your fucking turn, and you're like, well, I'm I, okay, do, 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 do. I mean, like, has she ever put you on the spot? <laughs> Oh, it's every song, and we're we're used to that. Like that that that's the name of the game yeah. with what we're doing in jazz. So right, we're right, very right. very used to that. That's, and, but do you like that? We love it. Yeah, we absolutely love it. I mean, obviously, yeah. you've got a framework, right? You have a skeleton. I love the notion of having a very specific framework, and we know what these songs are, and we know what our parts are, and we know what we do. And I have to imagine there's an incredible freedom in being allowed to head off wherever you like. But to me, that's why I asked you, is it exhilarating and terrifying? Are there ever times where you feel like you're like, I am literally out here on a high wire with no net whatsoever, and this could all come crashing down? Not with this crew. This crew is so well-versed in in the jazz world that everybody knows the form everybody knows how to get out of anything Mm -hmm. and you know the the particular piano player we have on this has such incredible ears that and great like just verbal communication nonverbal communication it's all with his face that there's no chance that we're getting left out to dry in this band it reminds me of this time we do an amy winehouse carol king show Mm -hmm. for money and um (laughs) and we love those artists but mostly money um And one time early on, I think maybe the first or second time we performed it, we were doing a song and we could not end the song. We just kept <laughs> looping. And I just was looking at Matt like, I don't know. I don't. And he, I just remember you going three, four. And then we all we all like moved on. Do, do, do. And the audience probably just thought we were jamming. Yeah. But we just no one could move forward. It's like that freeway where you're like, we missed the last exit mm-hmm. and we need to turn around. I have no, the next exit might be in 25 miles. I have no, that to me is, and I guess that's the stuff, but when you're all well-versed enough, when you know each other well enough, this is when you're able to articulate a vision, even if you don't know precise, even if things are a little blurry right now, even if you dropped your glasses on the floor while you're driving. About last night, is it, (laughs) is it just thematic or is it about a specific story? It's thematic. It's not about a specific story, but it. For me, it speaks to my relationship with night. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm sort of coming from this time of um, having a lot of like fear of the night and just, I don't know, I just struggle with nighttime in general. Um, And so as I was like assembling these tracks and thinking about their through line, I wanted to explore um, how night kind of evolves over time. So kind of that, that going out and that partying and that having fun and then um, kind of I'm the person at the party who like is in the corner having a deep heart to heart with one person. I'm never like the center of the party. So like that melancholy and regrets. And then what, you know, those those parts of the night, like that 3 a.m., like what's real, what's not real. You start thinking about like, you know, regrets and um, and just sort of like those panicky moments. And so I just wanted to like experiment with that in again, in this constraint, like in this framework. Um what does that look like? And then how does it resolve? And so the whole, the final track on the album, which Ted, our pianist, uh, arranged, I told him I wanted it to sound like a sunrise. And I really wanted to put these beautiful ocean sounds in it that I recorded, uh, but they sounded like shit. So they didn't make the final <laughs> cut, but that's sort of the image that I wanted was this like sunrise and... Um, which ocean? 
uh, why the I had the inspiration in in Portland, Maine. So the first the first one I took was Atlantic, uh, Atlantic yeah. uh, or some sort of bay or some shit. And sure. then <laughs> the when I when I kind of knew I wanted to do it, it was uh, very David Attenborough of you. I never liked the bay sounds. You got to go full ocean. Yeah, that was maybe my mistake. <laughs> I, well, I probably needed a better mic. It was yeah. just my phone mic. Yeah, was it? Okay. I, I'm looking at the cover of this forthcoming record you have here, yeah. which is out on July 22nd. <laughs> that does not look like someone who's afraid of the night to me. Wait, it's all a facade, man. You never know what's going on underneath. Dang. Mystery ensues. I assume there will be a show or a series of shows, not only to support the release of this, but then to promote it following up afterwards. Where, when, how, and why, and what do we what do? we do? So we're going to release it July 22nd at Crooners, uh, outside in the Belvedere, because it uh-huh. had to be, uh, it just had to be under the stars. Of course. Um, about last night. About last night. Yeah. And then, I, I like to be very literal uh, in everything I do. Uh, and then... I just, all my shows are on my website. I just can't What even. is your website? LeslieDellaVincent.com. I only ask because if people aren't, yep. we live in an age where everything's so saturated and so thick that if we do not bonk people over the head with yep. it, they will never recall it. And I feel like you should have your crazy jazz girl summer. I would like that very, oh, very much. I want crazy jazz girl summer. That, isn't that you what you've been working it. on for yeah, two years? but I haven't called it that yet. It's I love yours. that term. I, I give that to you. Happy birthday. Oh happy anniversary. What, and again, I didn't even, I, I felt like maybe that would be demeaning, but if you're no. happy, if you're happy, I'm happy. I am happy. Are, Wait, should it be demeaning? Now I'm overthinking it. No, no, it's not. I, see, I always overthink it. And then on a podcast, I'm like, well, there's less at stake here. And by crazy, I don't mean you're crazy. I mean, let's crazy have, like, a, it's let's all have crazy. a crazy, like it's a crazy girl party. summer, right? Okay. Because if you, what you're talking about, the way you describe night is from the ecstasy to the absolute turmoil to the utter darkness of being alone at the very end of it. To me, that sounds like a crazy jazz girl summer. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, I, I'm happy if I could contribute even a little bit into the philosophy of summer 2023 for you. Give me your website one more time. LeslieDellaVincent.com. Mr. McIntyre, it was very excellent to meet you. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. And I'm glad that you have contributed to someone who I am completely fond of, has always been enamored mm-hmm. of. I just, again, I, I don't try to kiss anybody's butt, uh, but I do... I do like working with professionals, and I also like to recognize game, and I think that Leslie brings a level of charisma, a level of talent, a level of commitment, and clearly a level of sort of philosophical intent to the work that she does, and I'm very excited for you in this new effort. Thank you. Gladly. So well, sweet. Thank you. Um, I guess we're going to do one more song, and it's called... Oh, man. Why does it always have to end on a bummer? I was hoping for a toe tapper. Come on now. You haven't heard it yet. It is a toe well, it's tapper. Ca- it's called No Moon at All. Oh, but it's sexy. Oh, let's get sexy. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. Uh, I <laughs> or, wanted... we can, or we can just get sexy. <laughs> I'll just say, I'll just say um, Ted Olson arranged this piece. He's a, he's a bassist in town. And I, wa- I told him I wanted sexy serial killer vibes. And this is what we made. Okay. Disappeared from sight, and there's no.
Joe Burgess is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services uh, Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC. North Star Resource Group is an independently owned and operated. Moxie is affiliated with North Star Resource Group and is independently owned and operated. 2701 University Avenue Southeast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55414.